Hey, this is John Huseman. I'm the pastor of the Ark Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it draws you closer to God. Enjoy the message. A couple months ago, we polled the audience and we said, what are the topics that you would like to hear about? And so we, we gave you like 12 different options. And so the number one option was actually stress and anxiety. The number two option was how to hear God's voice. Um, little did we know that a little itty bitty storm was going to come through Salina and it was going to jack up our sound system, jack up our screens, jack up everything. So can we just say thank you real quick to Augie and Taylor and the tech and the thank you guys for getting us back online, getting us back up. So today we're going to talk about how do I hear from God? How do I actually hear God's voice? I want to connect with him. I want to be close to him. I have things in my life that I need answers for. So, so how does this actually work? Like, what, what does this actually look like? Well, Jeremiah 33.3 is a great promise for all of us. And it says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. So God's promise, you can call to him, he will answer so we have a God that wants to answer. You have a God that cares about you, that he wants to step in and help your life, help your business, help your marriage. He wants to help you deal with anxiety, deal with stress. He wants to help you deal with parenting. Like he has answers for you. So it's just, it's good to start there. But Willie George, one of my spiritual mentors used to say, nobody just starts off hearing from God. And I was like, well, what, what do you mean? And he's like, well, Remember the promise for children? Like what? I was like, well, yeah. He's like, well, look it back at what that scripture says. So we're going we're gonna to look at Ephesians 6, verse 1 and 2 together. And it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Well, what, what does that mean? It means children... Your parents have what you need early on in life. Your parents have the wisdom. Your parents have the instruction. Your parents are smarter. Your parents are wiser. Your parents have great advice for you. So, so children, the best thing you can do is to listen, obey, honor your parents. It's like this in almost every area of life, too. Where it's like, okay, people that are further down the road from you are there to help you. So I remember when I graduated Bible college and I knew everything about ministry. I was 23. <laughs> I was 23. I knew everything. I never, never been on staff one day in my life, but I knew everything. And so I was, I was serving a pastor in Colorado Springs. He was 63. I was 23. And, uh, he's like, let me just make sure we go over the job description just to make sure we're, we're kind of on the same page. I was like, wonderful, wonderful. I'm ready to change the world, ready to change the world. Like he's like, okay, so one thing you're going to be doing here is snow removal. I was like, what? He's like, so on Sunday, if it snows, you're going to come early, you know, shovel the walkways, make sure that people can come into church, just snow room. I was like, but it was May at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. It's sunny. It's wonderful. Just so you know, Colorado does get some snow every once in a while. And um, <laughs> there were several Sundays I was shoveling and I was not singing, we praise you, we praise you. I was like, why did I sign up for this? So, so then he said, hey, um, and every Monday, 
you're going to go to the fellowship hall and, you know, put all the tables away. So some of you maybe grew up with a fellowship hall where like they had breakfast in the fellowship hall and then they had church right after. Well, um, now we have these lightweight tables, these little white made of feather tables. Okay. Um, These old tables had like a wood top. They weighed 100 pounds. Some of you have moved them before. Okay, so I'm moving like 20 tables every Monday morning, just worshiping the Lord as I do it. Just why am I doing this? What is? So then he said, and on Wednesday, you want to have youth group in here. Wonderful. But there's 500 seats, so you you need to move some of the seats. So I was like, okay. So he's like, you're going to stack the chairs and unstack the chairs every Thursday. So I'm, I'm doing these things frustrated at least half of the time, right? So I'm doing these things, and I'm asking God, like, God, what, what, what's happening? Why am I doing this right now? And what some of us need to remember is God hides a leader in a place so that God can build the character that he wants that person to have. So God was building character, inside of me. I tell my children, God's going to build character in you as you pick up the doo-doo in the backyard. Like there's, there's character being built. But think about Moses. Moses had to go to Midian for 40 years and God was building character in him. David was out with the sheep and then Samuel comes and anoints him to be king. And then David goes back to the sheep for 17 years. And Jesus is being hidden under the care of his parents. His dad was a carpenter, and Jesus is being hidden, and Jesus is, is learning and growing. And, and I actually, I like what it says in, um, I like what it says in, in Luke. Can you pop, pop that up for me, the next verse? Do we have it? You didn't? Do we have verses in the Bible? Okay. <laughs> then Jesus returned to Nazareth with them, his parents, And was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and all the people. This is why you can't just go from zero to 100. You're going to learn. You're going to grow. You're going to be obedient. You're going to stay faithful. Did I, you know, shovel and sweep the... Yes, I did. Did I tear down the... Yeah, I did. And what's happening? I'm growing in favor and stature with God and with people. So you might be in a situation where you're like, man, I want to go change the world. I want to stand up and preach or I want to lead the company or I want to be the the CEO or, or whatever it is. It's like God hides leaders. So God's growing something inside of you for the next season. But sometimes you're like, well, okay, I've been in a season, but now I'm, I'm trying to decide, do I, do I grow the business? Do I sell the business? Do I expand? Do I not expand? Do I ask her dad if, you know, I can have her hand in marriage? Do I not? What about when I have life decisions coming at me? What do I do in that situation? Do I sell the house? Do I buy the house? Do I, do I grow? What, what, what about, how do I know how to hear God's voice in these situations? The number one way any of us hear God is through his word. God's word is God's will. This is the will of God. So the number one way I've ever heard from God. Have you ever heard an audible voice, John? I haven't. No. But I thought you said God speaks to you. He does. He speaks to me through the word of God. He speaks to me through the Bible. Now, interesting, when you study the word, 
the word word. You <laughs> study the word word. There's two different Greek words in the New Testament. One is called logos. Think of Legos, but then switch the first letter. Okay, so L-O-G-O-S. And this is in the Bible 330 times. And it means the totality of the inspired word of God. The whole entire word of God. And this is what it says in 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So this Bible is useful for everything in my life. Every situation I come against, every, how should my attitude be? There's an answer. How should I respond? There's an answer. And the other thing about this is it's God breathed. He's never going to go against this. There's never going to be a situation where I'm going to be like, hey, God, you know, this person did this thing to me. And he's going to be like, yep, you don't have to forgive them. God's never going to say that. He's never going to be like, nope, you don't have to forgive. You don't have to be kind in that. Well, because they did that, you don't have to do what my Bible. No, he's never going to do that. He's always going to do what the word of God says. So the word of God is actually the will of God. So there's the word logos, but there's another word called rhema. Rhema means a spoken word, a unique situation, a word for a specific thing. And this happened to Simon Peter. When, he, when Jesus came and was talking to him about letting the nets down, and this is what it says in Luke 5.5, 5, Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and we took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. Because you said it, Jesus, I'll do it. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand everything about it. But Jesus, you clearly asked me to let down the net, so I will do it. Okay, that's a rhema word. That's a specific word for a specific situation. Now, we've all heard stories where that has happened. And we're like, well, that's what I want. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's what I would want. I mean, of course, I remember being in college and being like, Jesus, just, just tell me the name of my future wife. Just tell me. And I wouldn't hear anything. And I'd be like, Jesus, just tell me I'm going to have a future wife. I, I, tell me it's, it's actually going to happen. Tell me where I'm supposed to go. Tell me what, just tell me, tell me, tell me. I, I was always wanting God just to tell me. Just tell me, just give me, you know, is she brown hair? Is she blonde? Is she, you know, I, I was always wanting God just to, just to tell me. And sometimes when we look for a specific spoken word, we devalue what the written word of God really says. And so Jesus is like, actually, it's, it's better for you that I don't tell you because this is how it's going to work with the word of God. He's like, I'm actually going to send somebody that's going to help you. Now, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you or not, but um, I went through a phase in my life where I felt like the pastor at the church was spying on me. I don't know if you've ever had that happen, but I was like, I was living for God. I was rededicated my life to God. I was trying to get to church as much as I possibly could. And I'd have these questions in my head and I would come to church and the pastor would answer the questions I was thinking about. And I was like, whoa, weird, cool, but weird. And then the next week, the same thing would happen. And I'd be like, whoa, weird, but cool at the same time. And then the third week, I'd be like, is this guy spying on me? Like, what is happening right here? Like, I keep the exact thing I'm thinking about, he's preaching about. The exact thing I'm dealing with, it seems like that's what he's, so I thought he was spying on me. I thought he was like, 
And just so you know, no one is ever spying on you here. But how does this work? How does this actually happen? Well, Jesus said, this is how it works. This is John 14, 26. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So Jesus says the Holy Spirit will actually remind you. So you could be singing a song like, how great thou art. And you could just be singing it. And then you could be reminded of the goodness of God. You could be reminded of a time in your life where you were singing that. And it just something touches your heart. The Holy Spirit will remind you. He'll remind you of a Bible verse. He'll remind you of how he's been faithful. He'll remind you. Maybe you you read Psalms 23 and you're reminded of a time where you really needed that. So the Holy Spirit, he's reminding you. He's reminding you. He's reminding you. So nobody's spying on you, but the Holy Spirit is actually reminding you, reminding you of that Bible verse, reminding you of the goodness of God. So um, Jesus is like, the Holy Spirit, he's going to remind you. He's going to be the one that begins to tell you. Now, I've had people say, well, does God speak to you every time you read the Bible? I don't think so. I read the Bible, and sometimes I'm like, eh. Sometimes I'm like, I don't really know what... (laughs) I don't really know what that was about, but I just keep reading it and I just keep reading it. And I believe that the word of God never returns void. And I remember when I was reading my Bible in college and uh, I'm, I'm playing Madden and I'm, I'm playing video games. And this, this has happened just like this. Me and this guy were playing Madden and a guy pops in and he's like, hey, John, isn't there some Bible verse about you don't have to do what everybody tells you all the time? Brett Ottmeyer said that to me. And so I, I was like, well, Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's it. Thanks, John. And then he left. <laughs> I don't know what he did with that. I, I... <laughs> but the guy playing video, he's like, does it really say that? I was like, well, yeah. But it says, don't be conformed but be renewed by the renewing, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. So he's like, wait, you can know what God's will is? I was like, yeah, but you have to have your mind renewed. So I started to talk to this guy about this Bible verse that I had just memorized like the week before. So sometimes you memorize a Bible verse, you get into the word and God will use it later on because he'll, he'll, he'll remind you of a Bible verse. He'll remind you of something. And the word of God is the will of God. The other thing to remember about the word of God, God will never make you leap. He'll never make you leap into something 10 times bigger than what you're able to handle. He'll never say, take this huge leap because I really want to test your faith. He won't do that. God leads you in steps. The devil's the one that when he was tempting Jesus, he looked at Jesus and he said, hey, um, why don't you leap off, of this, uh, leap off of this cliff and angels will come and they'll, they'll grab you. And, guard. and Jesus is like, no, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So it's just good to know, like, God's not going to make you leap. God's not going to take you and, and, and because of your lack of faith, somehow he's going to be like, yeah, go ahead and leap. No, he does steps, steps by steps by steps. When David is getting ready to fight Goliath, the king's like, you can't, you can't beat this guy. David's like, actually, I took out the lion. And then I took out the bear. And this 
Philistine, this uncircumcised brother, ain't going to be any different than. So David's like, I've already gone step by step by step. David's like, God's already shown himself faithful. So, so whenever you're in a situation and you feel like, man, this is a huge leap, I would hit the pause button. But John, it's a really good opportunity and it's really going to help people. I would hit the pause button. I'm only going to be gone three weekends a month. I would hit the pause button and just be like, okay, Lord, is this what you're saying? And you can always ask God to confirm it through his word. Now, I remember it's 2017. We've already decided we're going to move to Salina. Our house is, is on the market in Texas. We're moving to Salina. And whenever you're getting ready to buy a house, I don't know, I'm sure some of you have done this before, where every single night for like two straight weeks, you are on realtor.com or Caldwell Bank, whatever, the, you know, you are searching, searching, searching. So we have looked at like 300 houses before we got here on spring break. And then we walked through like a bunch of different houses and I'm feeling the pressure. Like we're starting a church. We're moving here. I can't live with my parents. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm grown. I got four kids. You know, I can't do that. So I'm, I'm just like, God, show me, show me, show me. So, um, we finally get this house. And we've looked at it. We've walked through it. They're Christians. We know them. I don't love the house. It's the most expensive house that I've ever thought about owning. I don't like the layout. I don't like the kitchen. I don't like the neighborhood. Um, It's Friday. I've already negotiated. I'm driving to make the final signature to close on, like, this is actually happening. I'm a pastor, just to let you know. So um, this is what's happening. And there's several things that are kind of like checking me about this house. But I'm thankful God actually leads you in another way. God speaks to you, not just through his word, but actually the Bible says there's an inner witness. This is what it says in Romans 8, 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. And then the Holy Spirit comes and he lives inside of me. And then he bears witness with things that are good, things that aren't good. So when I make a decision to serve God and live for God, and then I I used to go to the bar um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and then I make a decision not to go, it's like there's a yes. I make a decision to be pure. When I haven't been pure, there's a yes. It's inside It's inside. It's not a voice. It's not a, it's just inside. It's like in your, in your knowing, you know, it's like, you know, inside the right thing to do. And so God will lead you this way. God will guide you this way. I remember being a junior in high school and we're, that's after homecoming. Homecoming is this next week. Um, that's why I'm telling the story for all you teenagers. This listen up. So, um, there's a party after homecoming and we go and it's at this hotel And there's different rooms that are, you know, and I can see there's people that I know. There's alcohol there, all that. And so I'm I'm walking up, and I don't feel good. I feel icky. I feel like it shouldn't be here. There's no voice that I'm hearing. It's just this inside, shouldn't be here, shouldn't do this. And as I continue to walk, that feeling gets stronger and stronger. So I don't know, a couple minutes later, I leave. I get in the car. As I get in the car, as I'm driving away, Peace. Just peace. Like, oh, thank you. I'm out of that situation. 
I don't know what time limit it was, but a little bit later, the police came, arrested everyone that was there, whether they were drinking or not drinking. Kids got suspended. I, was the, I started at quarterback the very next week because I left. It's like God will get you out of situations. God will lead you. God will guide you. So there's this inner witness inside of you that's like there's peace, there's not peace. And if you don't have peace, you shouldn't keep going. That's actually God talking to you. God's talking to you more than you realize. It's like when you come to church and you're in worship, there's this thing inside of you that's usually like, yeah, yeah. When you read the Bible, there's this thing inside that's like, yeah. Like it, it feels good. God will lead you through peace. So I'm back to the house situation. I'm, I'm driving to go to sign a contract on a house I can't afford and I don't like as a pastor. And my realtor, who's my first grade teacher, she actually says, well, there's this one house. Would you like to stop and just take a look at it? And I was like, yeah, let's stall. Yes, let's stall. So we, we're looking at this house. It's on the same neighborhood, the same street that I grew up in. Exact same street, which is a little creepy, but yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm like, I'll, I'll go check it out. So we walk in the house. We walk in, and we just look at the kitchen. And out of my mouth, I'm like, this is the one. This is the house. My wife looks at me and is like, slow your roll. <laughs> we are on our way to get this house. You've been here for 10 seconds chill out. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we kept walking. We kept looking. The bedroom, yes. The bathroom, yes. The downstairs, yes. The upstairs, yes. How the house is laid out, yes. The price tag, $75,000 cheaper, yes, yes, yes. Like, yes. It was, the more we went, the stronger it was, yes, yes. Can I tell you that about how God will speak to you? You can't just Lock yourself in a closet and be like, God, speak to me. You have to be moving. You have to have movement in your life. I was moving towards the wrong thing when I was a junior. I'm moving towards a party. I'm moving toward, and as I'm moving, no, 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 no. And I, okay. And now I'm moving towards the house. Yes, 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 yes. But, but there's movement. There's movement. There's movement. As you move, God begins to speak to you. And he'll speak to you through his word. He'll speak to you through an inner witness. But you don't just lock yourself in a closet and don't move. Like, you continue to move. Like, I remember when I was getting ready to consider buying this building. And I wasn't thinking about this building. I didn't have a a word from God. I didn't have a thing about buying a building. We were, I think, two years old or something like that as a church. Like, I wasn't even on my radar to own a building. But in January, I had fasted and I had prayed. And I took a week and I asked the Lord, Lord, would you, would you highlight a Bible verse to me? And the Bible verse that I felt like was for me was Isaiah 61.4. I don't have it up on the screen. It says, in, it says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for a generation. I don't know. <laughs> it's January. There's no thought of a building. I, I'm like, okay, we're supposed to help people. We're supposed to help renew, restore, rebuild. This is what God's called us. To, okay, God, this is what we'll do. And then June, this building is, is available. And we, they're coming to us saying, you need to buy this building. And I'm like, I, I, don't, 
think I can. And they're like, make an offer. And so I'm like, well, eventually we said, how about $20 a square foot? And they're like, sold. And the day that we bought it, the Holy Spirit reminded me, Isaiah 61, 4. Isaiah 61, 4. Isaiah 61, 4. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. This had been abandoned for 10 years. No one had been in here for 10 years. Renew, rebuild, restore. Renew, rebuild, restore. This is what you're called to do as a church. Renew, rebuild, restore. So the word of God, it it never returns void. It's active. It's living. It's a light. It's a lamp. It will help you. And even when you think you got a verse down the road and you're moving down here, God will always bring back the word he wants you to have. So even with this building, it's like, God, thank you. In January, you knew what I would need in June. In January, you gave me what I would need in June to feel confident, to feel the ability to step into the thing that you've asked us to step into. So as you're trying to hear from God, it's his word. His word is his will. He'll tell you what his will is through the word. And then the inner witness, he'll lead you through peace. Let me pray for you as we close today. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that God, as we're seeking you, as we're trying to become all that you want us to be, you continue to guide us and direct us and lead us. Thank you, Father, that you speak and we listen. God, as you ask us to do things, our answer is yes. We will obey you. We will serve you. You're our Lord. You're our leader. I will obey you. I will serve you. That we love you. We thank you, God, for your goodness and grace to us. As your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Maybe you did that a long time ago. And you just, something about today, it's like you want to rededicate your life back to God. I'm going to give you that opportunity. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to come to the front. But sitting right there in your seat. If you want to say, I want to dedicate my life to God today, just do something super simple. Just lift up your hand. Just raise your hand real quick. Raise it up at me. Yep, yep, yep. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. Good. You can put your hands down. God sees your hand. God sees your heart. So let's have everybody in church today pray this prayer with me. Say, dear God, I ask you to come into my life and to be my Lord and Savior. I confess that I've sinned, but I ask you, to forgive me, to heal me, and to restore me. Today, God, I dedicate my life fully to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate life change that just happened today? Man, I love that every single week we see life change happen. So um, if you raised your hand today, tell somebody, tell someone, I raised my hand, I dedicated my life. And then the second thing is I keep coming back. Keep coming back to a place where you can be around people that love you, that care about you, where you can grow in your faith. So at the movies is coming up. Remember to bring back Operation Christmas Child Boxes. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.